last couple of weeks of this year or any year as we get into the holiday season as uh, Brother Michael has already uh, mentioned to us and um, Brother Jacob that uh, we have the, the tendency to visit with our families and so a number of our number are gone uh, today and probably will be gone next Sunday and maybe even the Sunday after that. But we are certainly thankful for those of you who are visiting with us today. If you are a family, we certainly welcome you. But if you are traveling through, uh, we welcome you as well. If you are visiting with us from the community and you are not a child of God, not a part of Christ's body that is called the church, and you are looking for uh, people who are trying to serve the Lord and trying to uh, please Him in all that we think and say and do, I believe you have found a good group of people to be with this morning. And you may have some questions about some spiritual biblical things, and if we can uh, help you in that, we would be happy to sit down together with you with God's Word and open God's Word and uh, try to find God's answers for the questions, for the problems and challenges that you may be facing in your life. As uh, you know, uh, all four of uh, my family members have uh, been under the weather the last couple of weeks, and I don't think I'm officially sick, but I've begun to get all this congestion and stuff that's going around. Uh, So as Gavin said this morning, he might have to call on me, and I told him I might have to call on him (laughs) to finish my sermon today, but hopefully we can uh, make make it through. Ongoing health issues. Deadlines at work, peer pressure at school, family problems. On the surface, those things may not have seemed to have anything whatsoever in common with one another. But I want to suggest to you this morning that they do. And I want you to think about those four things that I just mentioned. What do you think those things have in common? You might be thinking of something totally different than I have been thinking of. But as I thought about those situations about lingering illnesses that just don't seem to go away as we face uh, deadlines on projects at work or school, as we face peer pressure, not just at school, but in the world that we live in to conform to the world rather than conforming to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, as we deal with family issues and challenges in our family, I believe all of those situations and many more that we experience in life, they demand perseverance. And they demand perseverance if we are not just going to sweep those things under the rug, if we are actually going to deal with those problems and obstacles in our life, if we are going to work to overcome them and not let them overcome us, if we are going to take the perspective that even though those are problems that we have to face in our life, that we're going to learn from those problems and then we're going to get on with the business of living our lives for the Lord. They all take perseverance. This morning I want us to think a little while about that important biblical concept, about that important biblical word, perseverance. As we begin to think about perseverance this morning, I want us to just give a few definitions of this particular word. As we're going to look at a number of texts this morning, and depending upon which of those texts we are reading from, depending upon what translation you may be reading from this morning, you will notice that it's not just the word perseverance that is used in these particular passages. There will be words like patience 
There will be words like endurance. There will be the word steadfastness. And all of those words coupled with perseverance are really talking to us about the same idea. Strong's in his Bible dictionary defines the word endurance or perseverance as being a cheerful or a hopeful endurance, a constancy. That it, that definition, I kind of like that because it doesn't just say that, hey, we're in it for the long haul and whatever happens in our life that we're going to overcome that particular challenge or obstacle, that we're not going to let that particular thing stop us dead in our tracks. And especially as we're thinking about the word perseverance in relation to our walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that it's not just the idea that, hey, we're going to keep going till the end of our earthly life and we're not going to give up. But Strong's in giving this definition says, it's the attitude that we have as we are going through those challenges and as we are dealing with problems in our life that we face those with a cheerful, a hopeful endurance that we are constant in our faith and our loyalty to God. In fact, this next definition that Thayer's gives, at least a part of it I like, he says about perseverance, it is the characteristic of a man who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. This is the idea of someone who has their mind set in the right direction, someone who is focused. And yes, there are going to be obstacles along the way. Yes, as you travel the highway of life, there's going to be this detour and that detour. And sometimes we may be tempted to take the shortcut, but we are firmly committed to following God. We're going to look at this passage a little bit later on in our lesson together this morning from James chapter 1. But in James chapter 1 and verse 3, James uses this word perseverance, endurance, patience, steadfastness, however your translation may translate the word in that verse. But Robertson says, I didn't forget to put this particular one up here, but Robertson in his word pictures in the New Testament says this word in his mind is defined as staying power. <laughs> That, that we are like the man that is the psalmist describes in Psalm 1. We are like the tree that is firmly planted by the waters of life, that we're not going to move, that there are storms that come along in our life and, and we'll blow one way or the other and we'll bend, but we're not going to break. We're not moving. We are firmly committed to God. We have perseverance. This is my definition and kind of taking those and other definitions that we could look at this morning of perseverance. The perseverance is the quality that allows us to take the long view of life. It allows us to filter everything that we experience in our life through God's lens, if you will. It allows us to look at life not just from how are things going today in my life or even how are things going this week or this month or even this year in my life, but to look at life from God's view of life, to look at it through eternal eyes. It is not only staying the course for the rest of our life, but it is doing so, as we've already mentioned this morning, with the right attitude that we are facing the trials of life with joy. Not because we're joyous or happy about those particular trials, but because our faith, our sight, our perspective, our hope is somewhere else. And we face those trials with the right attitude, with joy, and people who are full of hope in Jesus Christ. That's what we're speaking of this morning as we think about this very biblical word, perseverance. 
want us to think next about where perseverance comes to and to help us at least get our minds thinking in that direction. I want you want to take you to this passage here in 2 Peter chapter 1. So if you have your Bible with you, to open there to 2 Peter chapter 1, let's read here the first eight verses. 2 Peter 1 and 2 Peter 1 beginning at verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance. There's the word we're thinking about this morning and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a passage, of course, that we often refer to as the Christian virtues, or maybe you've heard it described as the Christian uh, graces. That this, this really is a picture that Peter is giving to his audience and to us as especially this audience that he's addressing, just like I think it back in 1 Peter, 2 Peter, they, they are Christians who are being persecuted for following Jesus Christ. They are suffering for the cause of Christ in their life. They are dealing with trials of various kinds. And he is saying to them that you will need, if you're going to grow up in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, where he ends this little book, this is how you do it. You're going to need to take on the character of Christ himself. And so as we think about perseverance this morning, as we find it here in this text, I believe Peter was saying to them and to us that God himself is really the source of perseverance, just as he is of all these other characteristics. If you look at the list here, verses 5 through 7, that God certainly is one who is morally excellent. God is one who has all knowledge. God shows self-control. You can see all of these characteristics displayed in the life of Jesus Christ as he lived here upon earth. Before beginning this list, however, Peter states the reason for obtaining and growing in these characteristics. It is because we have escaped the world's corruption by coming to Jesus Christ, by making the decision at some point in our life that we are going to follow Christ. And he says, because of that decision, we have now become partakers of the divine nature that in some ways we have become like God, if you will, that we are trying to be like God, that we are trying to take on the characteristics and the attributes and the nature of God ourselves, that we are trying to look like Him, that we are being image bearers, if you will, as we live here in this world. The Apostle Peter also reminds us here in this text that God has saved us in His Son, Jesus Christ, and He has saved us for that particular purpose that we might become like Him. That as time goes on and we grow in our relationship with Christ and we mature in Him, that we look more like Him, that we take on the character of Christ and these characteristics, these attributes that he mentions here in this text, that they become more evident in our lives. And so we possess but we also increase in these divine attributes that Peter lists here. 
And so if we are truly Christians, if we are trying to be more like Christ, we will be growing in faith. We, we will make it a point in our life that we will be growing in moral excellence, that we will be growing in knowledge, that we will be growing in self-control. And here kind of in the middle of this list is our word this morning, that we are going to be people who are growing in perseverance. That's not just something that happens magically overnight in our life. It is something that we have to be focused upon. It is something that we have to be striving for. It is a goal, I believe, that we need to be setting before ourselves, that we need to be people who are persevering through life's trials. The Apostle Paul also talks about this idea of perseverance as we think about where it comes from, as we've already mentioned this morning, that it comes from God himself. In the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 15, Romans chapter 15, notice here beginning at verse 4, Paul writes, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like what Paul tells us about our great God here at verse 5. He says, Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement. At least that's the way that the New American Standard translates it, uh, translates it and I'm reading from that this morning. But many other reliable translations say here in this verse that God is the, or may, now made the God of perseverance. Not just the God who gives perseverance, but the God of perseverance. I believe that is really getting to the heart of who God is. That, that God does suffer long with us many times. That God is a patient God. That God is a steadfast God. That God is a God who endures and he perseveres with us, his creation. And so as the God of perseverance, then it only follows naturally so that he is the God who gives perseverance and he gives us perseverance for all circumstances, including perseverance as you look at this particular text here, these few verses, and put it into the greater context, even going back to chapter 14. But if you go back to just verse 1 of this particular chapter, he is the God of perseverance. He gives us perseverance as his children so that we can bear the weaknesses of those who are without strength, so that we can be of the same mind with one another, as he mentions there at verse 6. Remember again, Paul is writing these particular instructions to the church at Rome, a church that was made up of both Jews and Gentiles, two groups who historically did not get along together, to say it very mildly. They saw each other as enemies. They didn't want to have anything to do with one another. And Paul reminds them, no, you're now one in Christ. You need to work to be of the same mind together in Christ Jesus. You need to, those of you who are strong in the Lord, you need to bear with the weaknesses of those who are weak. And all of that, we know if we've been involved in that work, is going to take perseverance. We've got to have that quality of endurance that we don't give up on one another, but we stick with one another. And one way that God gives us perseverance, as Paul even makes mention of here in verse 4, is through the Scriptures themselves. He says again at verse 4, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. Why? So that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. 
You see, when we read the Word of God, we not only see instructions or commands for us to persevere as His children, but we also see a lot of examples of people who went through hard times in their life, who endured suffering for the cause of Christ, but they did not give up. They persevered in overcoming those trials. They did the right thing. They grew into the image of Jesus Christ as a result of those trials. And he says we can look at those examples and we can draw encouragement today When we just feel like giving up, we can draw encouragement today to persevere with our faith firmly intact. And so if we desire to be people who are practicing this idea of perseverance, we must be individuals who are devoting ourselves to consistent study and meditation and application of God's Word in our life because, again, Paul says that it's from the Scriptures that we derive perseverance and encouragement. So perseverance comes from God himself. Think thirdly about this word perseverance and to think about the cause and effect that we see. If you're still there in the book of Romans to turn back earlier in the book to chapter 5. I want to read a few words of the Apostle Paul again here. Romans chapter 5 beginning at verse 1. He says to us, Therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have attained our introduction by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. There's our word. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Paul begins this thought by stating that really the foundation of our peace and the foundation of our hope that we have in Jesus Christ is first of all the grace of God. But then it is our faith in His Son Jesus Christ that is responding to the grace that God is offering us through Jesus. And therefore he says, because all of that is true, we can exalt in the hope of the glory of God. We can rejoice, if you will, in the hope of the glory of God. I mean, who among us here this morning has trouble doing that? That is not, it is a hard thing for us to exalt or to rejoice in the glory of God. But some, maybe even many of us, have trouble doing what Paul says we ought to do as well in verse 3. He says it's not just that we exalt in the hope of the glory of God, but he says, verse 3, we also exalt in our tribulations. That is, that we also rejoice in our tribulations. And how many of us have trouble doing that? And yet Paul is saying to his audience and to us that if we want to experience the hope that does not disappoint, as he says here in this text, we must experience tribulation because he tells us that it is tribulation and his trials in our life that produce perseverance, this word that we're thinking of today. And that perseverance, he says, produces a proven character. We have a character that has been through the fire and it has been tested, it has been refined. And it looks more like Jesus now than before that trial started. And Paul says about this whole process, notice where it ends, that perseverance, trials bring perseverance, perseverance, proven character, And proven character brings hope. 
That is what it ultimately produces within us. Go to the book of James now. As I mentioned, we would get there here in just a moment to James chapter 1 and notice what James writes here. The first few verses of this book. Again, an audience much like Peter was addressing in First and Second Peter, an audience who was suffering for the cause of Christ. Notice what James says here at James 1 at verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. A similar message that Paul wrote, a similar message that Peter wrote. Here is James writing the same thing. And he says to us that experiencing various trials, trials of all different kinds, whether they are trials that we deal with maybe more internally or whether they are external trials and tests of our faith, that what those trials do is they do test our faith, which if we pass those tests, it will help us spiritually. It will help us strengthen our faith and our faith getting stronger produces perseverance, endurance within us. Let me ask you, as you think about, again, this process that James mentions here, that Paul mentioned in the text we just looked at in Romans chapter 5, do you think that we can obtain perseverance if we don't experience trials in our life? Do you think that we can really be people who persevere and endure and have that steadfast calm about us and joy about us if we do not experience anything that is bad in our life, if our faith is never tested? I know that is a hard thing for us to go through. I mean, I would be the first to tell you, I'd given the choice between, you know, uh, everything being roses and sunshine every day or, or cloudy and gloomy, I'm going to choose the sunny, bright day. I, I don't like to experience trials, but I have learned as I've grown older and hopefully as my faith has gotten stronger, that those trials, if I look at them from the right perspective, they can do a lot of good for me spiritually. And I believe that's the point that Paul and Peter and James are trying to get across to us in these and other texts. It is perseverance, James says to us here in this passage, persevering through life's trials that results in making us perfect and complete. Can we be perfect and complete in Jesus Christ? Can we really be mature in Him if we have not faced hardships in our life and overcome them? You see, perseverance through life's trials, it makes us that perfect and complete person, that person who is sound in the faith, that person who has a healthy spiritual life, that person who is fully developed in their faith in Jesus Christ, that one who is complete in Him, that one who is striving to be more like Him as every day goes by. A good preacher friend of mine that preaches in California, Mike Wilson, wrote a little book about James a number of years ago. He calls it Faith in Action, Studies in James. And he made this observation here, which I think is so critical for us to remember, especially when we're going through trials in our life. He says that God's purpose in allowing these trials is not to make us fall, but to help us soar. Now, Satan uses trials in our life. He's wanting us to fall. He's trying to get us to go away from God. He's trying to pull us away from God. He's hoping that we will just completely give up our faith in Jesus Christ. We will abandon all of that pursuit in our life and just live for ourselves and live like the rest of the world. But God, whether He brings trials into our life or allows trials to come into our life, 
God sees those as opportunities not for us to fail or to fall, but as opportunities for us to soar to new heights that we have not yet experienced in Jesus Christ. James would go on to say at the end of this section in verse 12 that we are blessed when we persevere under trial in our lives because doing so results in God giving us the crown of life. It has its reward. Finally, I want us to think about who needs perseverance because you might be thinking, sitting here this morning and thinking to yourself, well, hey, my life is going great. (laughs) I really don't have any problems to speak of. I've got good health. I've got a good job. Everything's fine with my family. It just seems like life is going great. Who needs perseverance? I want you to want to take you through a few passages this morning to help us see who it is who needs this characteristic of perseverance. First of all, from 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, Paul writes here to the young evangelist, but flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Here is young Timothy, at least he's younger than the Apostle Paul. And Paul, an aged man, an aged Christian, an aged preacher, he is writing to this young man, this young brother in the faith. And he is saying, you need to flee from these things. These things, I think, are things that he's already mentioned here in this text, and maybe even going back to chapter 5. To not get caught up in endless genealogies and, and useless controversies as a gospel preacher. Uh, to not go the way of false teachers, uh, to not devote your life to just using godliness as a means of great gain in your life to further yourself financially or to make a name for yourself as a preacher. He says to flee all those things, but at the same time you're fleeing those things, he says there are some things you need to pursue. And he says pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance. He says you need to pursue perseverance. This Timothy was a young man. And so I can at least take from that particular text and that instruction that those here this morning who are young Christians, whether you're young in age physically or whether you're young in spiritual age and spiritual maturity, that you as a young Christian, you need perseverance in your life those who Paul would describe here in 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus as being men of God. All of us ought to be children of God if we are followers of Jesus Christ. But I think at least in my mind, he's using that term man of God in a very specific sense to talk about those who have devoted their life to preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ. He says, those of you who are preachers, you need perseverance. Because the pull of the world and its polluting influence can especially be strong for those who are young in age, for those who are young in faith. And yes, even for those of us who have devoted our lives to proclaiming the good news about Jesus Christ, we need to take notice of ourselves because we are not above Satan's reach. We need perseverance as well. Notice again, It's not enough for us to just flee from worldly things that Paul's already mentioned here in the preceding text. But he says to Timothy, and I think to all of us, we need to be people who are pursuing perseverance. Are you doing that in your life? (laughs) Have you even thought about that concept that you, I, all of us are to be pursuing 
all of these characteristics and many more than what he just writes here in this text. But that is our goal. That is our focus. We need to be people who are pursuing perseverance. Notice what the Apostle Paul wrote to another evangelist, Titus. In Titus chapter 2 at verse 2, as he is giving Titus some instructions that he then is to turn around and instruct the brethren that he is working with on the island of Crete. Titus 2 in verse 2, he says there, the older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith and love and perseverance. Let me tell you, just because one, that maybe those of us who are a little bit younger, that we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ and we see a brother or a sister, and this is addressed specifically to older men, but I think older women need perseverance as well. But sometimes those of us who are younger in age or younger in the faith, we may look at those who are older and we may say, well, this brother or sister, they've been through everything and surely their faith is is strong. They're, They're not tempted by anything that the devil can offer them. They're kind of moved past all of that in their life. But I want you to notice what Paul is writing to this preacher, Titus. And he is saying, I think, in essence, just because one has been a strong saint for decades doesn't mean that he is never tempted to quit. It doesn't mean that he ever thinks to himself, what's the use? That maybe I spent all these years for nothing. Those of you who are in that season of life, maybe you can uh, make some comments to me about that after our lesson is over. But Satan never leaves us alone. And I have known some brothers and sisters in the Lord who have served at least my observation in the Lord faithfully for a number of years who began to have difficulties and challenges in their life at an older age that they never faced when they were younger. And they have just decided to give it all up. And it's kind of those situations that make you scratch your head and think, what's going on here? But the devil is coming after them as well. So older Christians, not just younger Christians, but older Christians need perseverance. In fact, it is those who are often mature and stable in their faith They are the ones who set the example of perseverance for those who are younger. And so if you are an older Christian in physical age or just in spiritual age, don't give up. I I know you can get the feeling like I'm tired. (laughs) I'm weary. I've been active and serving the Lord for a number of years and I'm, I'm just worn out. but you need perseverance as well. The passage that our brother Todd read for us a few moments ago, we're not going to take the time to read all of that again, but here in Hebrews chapter 10, again, an audience like Peter was addressing and James was addressing that were suffering for their faith in Christ. Here we see in the book of Hebrews, these Christians, they were suffering. I don't know all the details of that, but they were suffering because they were followers of Christ. They were sharing in other saints' sufferings, as the text that Todd read for us a moment ago says to us. And the writer notice here says that they were in need of endurance. They were in need of perseverance. I want you to notice here in this text some things. Notice how much faith and knowledge 
and self-control and perseverance, that they are all beautifully tied together here to form the complete picture. He says it is those who live by faith that are justified, that are right with God. We need to be like those who have faith to the preserving of the soul, that we're not just going to chunk our faith when things get hard and difficult in our life, but we're going to persevere through that. He says... It is those who have done the will of God, those who not just know what the book says, but they have taken what God has said and applied it to their life. They're living out God's word in their life. It is those who have self-control that when the government came along and said, we're going to take your property, your possessions, because you're Christians, that you handled that in the right way and responded in the right way. And it is those who have perseverance, those who do not shrink back, but they are those who are receiving what God has promised. And all of these attributes, I think in this text, are beautifully tied together and all for the purpose of us preserving our souls and enjoying that salvation that is eternal. Back to the book of James once again, and then we'll be done. James chapter 5, beginning at verse 10, as we talked earlier about from Romans chapter 5, that we through the scriptures can have perseverance and encouragement when things get tough in our life. James chapter 5, beginning at verse 10, James says, As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Those that we may, be, may consider to be the heroes of faith in the scriptures. Those who were the prophets, the messengers of God, as they suffered greatly, being thrown into wells, being thrown into lion's dens, uh, being intimidated and threatened with their very lives, and many of them laying down their very physical lives for the gospel, for the sake of Jesus Christ. As we think about the example of Job and all that he suffered, I don't know how long he suffered all the things that he did that we read about in that little book. But he suffered for some amount of time. And here is James at the end of this book about practical daily Christianity. I believe he is saying to us that it is even those who are the faithful, strong saints of God, the prophets and Job, it is those who suffer for being God's children who need perseverance. And so who is it that needs perseverance? It is all of us, brothers and sisters. I don't want you to think that just because I stand up here in this pulpit week after week that, that I don't need perseverance. Or because our four brothers that lead us and feed us as spiritual shepherds of this flock, that they don't need perseverance. All of us. All of us need to be pursuing with all of our might and growing in this very godly characteristic of perseverance. What about you this morning? Do you need perseverance? It may be as a child of God that the devil is really working hard on you. And you may be just about at the end of your rope. You may say, this is about all I can take. I'm here to say to you this morning, don't give up. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep pursuing. Because it will be worth it one day. If you're not a child of God, you haven't started down this road. Our path with God 
is a blessed path. But it is not without its problems. It is not without its challenges. It is not the easy road to take. But it is the road that leads to eternity.